0: This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one Jamie serving Litt you.
1: And Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today. If you would like, you can join us on the Yates Flooring Center chat line with your comments and observations and thoughts. Go to the double T973 mobile app for that. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806 771 13 to 1 win for the Red Raider baseball team. Last night, as they take down UT Arlington, 13 runs, 13 hits for Tech. One run and seven hits and an error for UT Arlington. Uh, Pitching-wise, you get four innings out of your starter, the freshman Brady Trombello. Four hits, four strikeouts, uh, had a wild pitch, and uh, didn't walk anybody. Faced 16 batters. What uh, What did you think of uh, the freshman phenom, Brady Trombello? Or is it too early to call him a phenom?
2: Uh, definitely too early to call him a phenom. I, th- okay. I thought he was good. Um, uh, commanded three different pitches, stayed in the zone, didn't, didn't pitch from behind a bunch, um, gave up some hits early on, but then made big pitches and clutch situations to keep them off the scoreboard. Uh, but it wasn't just him. I mean, you you had other guys like Hudson Parker, Hudson mm-hmm. Luce, Chandler Cole, uh, Cole Cassie and all but Hudson Parker, all of those guys were making their debuts as Red Raiders and uh, hung zeros. So uh, it was really good to see there's, there's a ton of um, just feels like different arms in this staff that uh, are going to be able to help you. And again, I know UT Arlington is, is far from being, you know, at the top of the big 12 conference or anything like that, but um, I mean, that's, that's good stuff in their first appearances. And so I think overall you had to be really pleased with what you got on the mound last night. The only run you gave up was from Trendon Parish and, and he gave up three hits in one, his one inning, his first inning of work and of the season. And, um, that was all you gave up. So good work by the Red Raiders.
1: What did you, uh, what did you think of Trendon Parish? Was it just, a kind of a, a rough start for him or just, uh, Things didn't just go quite right, or did you feel like he threw the ball better than what it looks like?
2: I feel. I, I mean, I had been told that Trendon was kind of behind schedule; that he, you know, he hadn't started right when everybody else did in January. So he just didn't look crisp at this point, and le- left a few pitches in in the middle of the strike zone. And um, they were able to get two of the three hits were not hit hard. So just kind of one of those deals.
1: Yeah, just kind of kind of one of those deals. Um, from a, a hitting standpoint, last night. You uh, had plenty of guys that uh, had opportunities. Austin Green went two for five. Kevin Bazell two for five. You talked about uh, Gavin Cash. He goes two for five. Had two RBI. Had the had the home run as well. And then uh, and then Owen Washburn goes two for four. A lot of good. A lot of good performances last night at the plate, Jamie.
2: Yeah, it's good to see Gavin Cash. It feels like he's he's turned a corner and he's he's starting to look like the Gavin Cash of last year after getting off to a slow start green is is really having a great start for the red raiders and owen washburn has has had multi-hit games in all four games for the red raiders so far this year which is pretty impressive
1: right so i mean that's that's great And you only had uh five strikeouts last night in uh and left nine runners on base so that we haven't we haven't talked about the old runners on base thing at all. And I'm not, I'm not bringing it up yet, but you know, it looks like you've kind of capitalized when you've needed to capitalize.
2: Yeah. Scored 13 runs. So hard to complain about it too much. Right. <laughs> right, um, right,
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> feel like you, you know, scored 13. You get, you should, you should win it. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job with that over, over the weekends. You were, Let's see. You were five, twelve out of thirty over the weekend um, with runners in scoring position. I believe that's it's like forty percent. So um, you'll take that batting average all day long, and then five for seventeen last night. Not wonderful, but um, good enough.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, today, today you take on the number seven team in the country, Oregon State. Who gets who gets to throw the ball first for the Red Raiders?
2: Well, it's it's interesting. It'll be Jacob Rogers, the right hander who probably was the guy that you felt like surprised you in a disappointing way the most uh over the weekend for the Red Raiders, a guy that, that Coach Gardner had felt like was one of their top end arms heading into the season. And then he was just a tick off on on Friday night against Tennessee and walked three guys in his in his two thirds of inning of work and all three came in to score and um, took a really close game and turned it into a not so close game, and so mm-hmm. uh, Jacob started for you, uh, you know, a bunch last year and, and was solid in that role, solid as a reliever, and uh, he's going to get the ball today against uh, what what many believe will be one of the top offenses in the country. So this will be a a good matchup for him, to say the least.
1: It's a big test for this uh, Red Raider baseball team at the end of a of a road trip. This is uh, this is game five. And so you kind of you kind of bookend it. You have Tennessee at the start and Oregon State at the at the end. That's uh, it's kind of an interesting combination.
2: Yeah, and I I think you know your bullpen's well rested with your key arm. So I think you know you you should see some of those key guys come in today. The Josh Sanders and you know um, Derek Bridges and and Ryan Free guys like that. So I I think the Red Raiders will, will pull out all the stops to uh, besides. Use one of their weekend starters um, to try to get this win here in the midweek because it's a it's a great opportunity against a you know a highly ranked team that that should help your net ranking your RPI ranking all that good stuff and um, I'm sure Oregon State feels the same way with Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, because they're looking at this, going, "Hey, we could we could start off a road trip very nicely uh, with a with a win uh, over the over the Red Raiders." So, um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be how's the defense? been for this team first four games is it anything stood out to you that that pleased you
2: um i think i think um austin green has probably stood out more than anything in a positive way out there in right field he's looked he's looked really good um there's been a a, a couple misplays um you know ball in the infield that tj pompey to his right probably should have made a play on that went off his glove and Cost the Red Raiders a run. You know Damian Bravo has misplayed a ball and left. Uh but um for the most part it's been it's been solid. I wouldn't say it's been spectacular, but it's been solid.
1: What concerns you the most about Oregon State, their pitching or their offense?
2: Their offense. Definitely their offense. I mean they're it just I mean like it's, they're 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 uh they they got a couple different guys that are thought to be first or second round picks, you know, in their team and um, that's that's a team that you know that comes in at four and zero oh, in their four games they scored 15 fifteen six fifteen and six so obviously gotten off to a hot start and um, it'll it'll be a tough task for these Red Raider pitchers.
1: We will have the game for you today at twelve thirty. No, excuse me, at eleven thirty on both double T ninety seven three and double. And uh, 100.7, the score. This day in sports history is next,
0: Chuck. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
3: Going to start in 1951 with South Carolina House of Representatives urging that cheerless Joe Jackson be reinstated by Major League Baseball. Feels like a great use of their time. 1968. (laughs) Baseball announces a minimum annual salary of $10,000, which is roughly $90,500 a year today. 1983, NBA San Diego Clippers begin a 29 game road losing streak.
1: Mm. Probably would help them get to Los Angeles to be the Clippers there.
3: Well, I don't know why they'd want to go on the road. They lost 29 in a row. But, you know, hey. <laughs> 1992. Christy Yamaguchi of the U.S. wins Olympic gold medal at the women's figure skating. Uh, at the Olympic gold medal in women's figure skating. 2004. Andre Emmett needs uh, needed four points coming into the game against the Aggies to overtake Nick Coulson of Kansas at 2,097 career points. He had 18 and led the Red Raiders to a 76-60 victory over the Aggies.
1: Always good to beat the Aggies. Way to go, Andre. And in
3: 2016, the 58th Daytona 500 took place. Denny Hamlin wins the closest finish in race history by just .01 seconds. From Martin Truex, Jr. It is National Pancake Day and National Sticky Bun Day.
1: Good day. Uh, I'm I'm in on the pancake. I think the sticky bun sometimes gets a little too messy for me.
3: Well, it's in the name. I'm in. Uh, Happy birthday to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who is 45. Kelsey Grammer, 69. Steve Francis, 47. And former Friendship Tiger, we will not discuss where he went to school or college. Uh, Tyler Lyons is 36. And on this day in 1948, what do you get when you get a lot of guys together on a regular basis trying to figure out who has the fastest car, mix in a little bit of alcohol and a lot of danger, and then someone's saying, hey, we need to kind of have some rules for like safety and Mechanical rules so we don't kill ourselves. If you guessed the start of NASCAR, you would be correct on this day in 1948. William mm-hmm. Bill Francis Sr., a mechanic and auto repair shop owner from Washington, D.C., who in the mid-30s moved to Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, was the kind of the organizer of all of this. He was a, uh, Daytona was the gathering spot for racing enthusiasts, and uh, he became involved in racing cars and promoting races. After witnessing how racing rules would vary from event to event, event, and dishonest promoters would abscond with prize money, he felt there was a need for a governing body to sanction and promote racing. And that is this day in sports history.
1: All right, this day in sports history. Thank you, Jeff. It is uh, six fifty this morning on the morning drive. Um, a couple thoughts here from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, another one with regard to Jamie Dixon. Good morning, guys. I just don't understand why the refs let Jamie Dixon to be on the floor like he does. Tech was on offense at the same end as TCU's bench. He was at least 15 feet on the floor. Looked like a tech player. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not uh, good enough. No. Uh, Baylor's remaining schedule is brutal. Okay. Uh, Jamie, I'm sure you've already talked about this, but I'm curious how you feel about Jack Washburn's first start as a Red Raider. That was the other day.
2: I feel like it was a great, great first start. I mean, uh, far from perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, you know, I, I think it, as long as it's been since he's been, you know, out there on the field and for him to come out and throw four innings, he did end up giving up three runs, but uh, uh, looked solid. And uh, I, I think that's really just, I mean, considering how long it's been since he's uh-huh. pitched, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's going to be, something that he can build on, you know, talking with him about it uh, yesterday. He, you know, felt like it was good, but wasn't thrilled with it. So um, he feels like he can do a lot better. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, about him being in the Red Raider rotation, just a veteran presence. And uh, just looks like he's going to be a really good leader to that pitching staff.
1: Will he be, uh, will he be pitching this weekend then? Or do you, do assume, you know you? Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of clean up the Baylor schedule, uh, Saturday, they play Houston at home. Uh, that's an 11 a.m. Tip then on uh, Monday, the 26th, they travel to TCU. That's an eight o'clock tip Uh, a week from Saturday. They play host to Kansas. That's a noon tip. And then on Monday, the 4th, they turn right around back-to-back weeks playing on a Monday. They'll play Texas. And then that Saturday they'll finish up. Of the big 12 regular season coming to lubbock and play the red raiders and that is a five o'clock tip on saturday march the 9th so it's kind of a kind of an odd time but you know it'll be there'll be plenty of people that will make make their way to united supermarkets arena at five o'clock on a saturday afternoon for a matchup against the baylors
2: yeah the absolutely
1: yeah yeah, yeah and again, be, we have
2: we had a five o'clock a couple weeks ago I think against Cincinnati, right? I thought that was a great time. So
1: yeah, yeah. So but it is that is a that is a brutal schedule uh for Baylor uh to finish things up, especially when you're kind of thinking about the, the standings and seedings and, and all those all those things like that. So Baylor, if you didn't hear last night, lost to um, BYU 78 to 71. And UCF, Texas' opponent, lost to West Virginia 77 to 66. So Red Raiders win last night, 82 to 81. We'll continue uh, talking about that throughout the morning this morning, plus the baseball game. And then obviously continuing to talk about previewing the baseball game tonight. Lady Raiders are in Austin and they'll take on Texas, the number five team in the country. It is a tall task uh, for them tonight. Uh, It's in the midst of a five game losing streak and uh, trying to figure out a way to, to get a couple of wins uh, down the stretch here, break the losing streak. Um, they uh, shot last night at uh, Moody Coliseum, so had a had a, a, a light workout, kind of a, a fun workout, where they kind of played some games against each other and had some shooting competitions and things like that. Um, we learned that Kelly Mora could do a perfect cartwheel last night. Uh, Coach Gerlich had him going to the free throw line to shoot. And if you you made two, uh, they moved on to the next girl. If you missed, then the team all had to do something together as one, whether it was leapfrog or cartwheel or jumping jacks or something along those lines, just to just to kind of make it fun. Uh, and then they had the the uh, the bigs per se uh, shooting three point shots, and everybody kind of had three point shooting competitions against each other. So I think if you could get uh, ten or 11 threes tonight, that would that'd be ideal, Jamie.
0: Everybody.
3: That would definitely Everybody, help as the Lady Raiders yes. are taking on
1: Texas tonight.
0: This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie
1: Linton, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. The Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It is presented by Happy State Bank and uh, look forward to hearing from you as well on the visual edge it hotline at 806-771-0973 all right uh let's see here this from the yates flooring center chat line jamie does it have to be a hill slash mountain to be a hike because we have some really nice trails on a park Somebody must have left a thousand acres to the city, and my family loves walking through the forest, but it's relatively flat. Flat. That from uh, Lindale, Jeff and Chuck is in Austin, and Jamie's in Arlington, right? Yeah, that's correct. How do yeah, you feel no, about I that? Th-
2: I don't think it has to be uh, hilly to be a hike. I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, first off, I, I have no problem with you know if you're walking in a city or concrete on sidewalks or whatever, I don't necessarily consider that a hike, but I consider that a nice walk. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't really know. There's not like a massive difference or whatever, but if I'm saying a hike, you're going to be, you're going to be off road some a bit, you know, you're going to be there in uh, in the woods or, you know, in a you know, whatever, it's just not going to be on concrete. Okay. This, this, this hike I took this, this past week, uh, that Dan and Dallas, uh, suggested was a little bit of both a little bit Mm -hmm. of both and and it was great and so it's yeah i i mean i you just there's really no serious difference and i think i mean obviously you're getting exercise out of either you know the, the the being in the woods or off off the grid a little bit it's just different scenery which is what i really enjoy
1: and and you were rewarded at the end of your hike with a pizza place yes i also enjoy that yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's usually that's usually not what happens at the end of a hike slash walk that no. you that you no. end at a pizza place and you yeah you get to, f- to fill your tummy a little bit that's yeah. usually we we had a little bit of a walk uh yesterday um uh, it was really kind of strange there's couple different Marriott's Marriotts excuse me Marriott's here in downtown Austin and we got dropped off at one and we were supposed to be at the other but it was only a few blocks away and uh and so we took a little stroll uh through the streets of Austin and uh, walked from one hotel to another so I got a little bit of a walk-in yesterday that's good yeah so it's I had my had my bag and just kind of walked on the sidewalk and went from uh went from one to another and and it all it all worked out uh extremely well so got a little got a little exercise you know got my my lungs working a little bit uh yesterday afternoon so how about that
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe you've expanded those lungs so you can talk extra today now
1: oh yeah well i've always got i've always got plenty of lung power to talk i mean I've, i'm never short of even I think even on my deathbed I'll probably be talking. They'll be like, "Sir, it's time for you to go," and I'll be like, "Wait, I've got a few more words left." And they're like, "No, it's, it's, time for you to go." Uh, somebody asked this: Will this be my first visit to the Mood? Nope. Uh, I was there last last year and uh, was there last night. And uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a nice venue. There's no doubt. I bet it's a great place to see a concert, uh, just in terms of how they set it up. And I think that's. I think that's more set up to be a concert facility than there's a, a basketball arena per se. Um, but let's uh, a, it's a, it's a nice place. All right. So the college football board of managers, Jamie has voted on the model for the college football playoff that will be implemented this fall. They made this announcement yesterday. They had uh, delayed this at the behest, according to this ESPN article of the dwindling PAC 12. So they had a, a meeting a virtual meeting of the fbs presidents and chancellors and of course Notre Dame president the reverend john jenkins the uh, vote had to be unanimous for the 5 plus 7 format to be approved and uh, it was so basically uh the way that it, they kind of think that it's going to be it's the the top 5 conferences plus the next 7 uh, that are ranked and so the thought is it's going to be the big 10 and the sec and the and the acc and and the big 12 and then and then we'll see if uh you know the pac-12 or the mountain west are are in there as well but what do you what do you think about that it's just so it's the those those four sec big 10 big 12 acc along with the highest ranked group of five conference champion um uh you know
2: not not thrilled not thrilled we're going to get a team in there that's not one of the top 12. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, it is what it is.
1: It's it's better than what it was, right?
2: Well, yeah, because there's more than just four, but uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. It's just we're guaranteeing a spot for some team that, I mean, if like, just going back to last year, it would have been Liberty, right?
1: I believe that's correct.
2: Yeah, and they were ranked where? In the low 20s.
1: In the low 20s, yeah.
2: So we're going to have, you know, past 11, we're going to have team 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I thought they were 22. All of those teams will be more worthy than Liberty, okay, if we're going off of their the rankings that the committee has put together. But Liberty will get in. I, I hate
1: it. Yeah, no, I get I get that. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, it's sometimes you have to I guess you have to give to get right. And that's what they. Why, why
2: Why do you have to in this instance? What What do we what do we owe the I mean, the AAC or the Mountain West? What, what do we owe them? Why do we have to give?
1: Yeah, no, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the bylaws are of the of the agreement with all the schools, if. If there's something that just absolutely prevents them from saying, no, we want to do this uh, or we're just going to do the power five schools or we're just going to do the conference champions uh, and then the next seven that are ranked the highest, depending on how you want to how you rank that. Is that is that, uh, you know, college football playoff ranking and, and then are they going back to the, the BCS model with, you know, score differential strength of schedule, you know, how will they look? When they run out on the field, you know, do their uniforms match, you know, um, who has the best equipment truck? I, I, you know, there's so, so many, so many doggone components that go into this, into this thing.
2: Well, I'm thrilled you're going to 12 rather than four. So I'll, I'll yeah. accept that part, but I don't, I don't buy into the, well, you, you have to give to get, I, I mean, you could, we could have just picked the best twelve. You
1: know, we could have unless there's some kind of a codicil in there that kind of keeps you from doing that, because I'm I'm sure if you talk to those presidents of of those particular schools that make up this committee, I think they most certainly would agree with you and go, yes, Jamie, we would we would prefer to have it this way. But because of how this was lined out before us or how this was presented to us before us, this is this is the hand that we're dealt and this is the best hand that we can get out of that.
2: Yeah. And right. so the the texter on the chat line makes a great point in that he's saying college baseball and college basketball mm-hmm. don't have the best 64 68 in and that's still a good event. No question, okay? But 12 is a much smaller number than 64. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Much much smaller number. Yeah. Yeah. Much smaller.
1: And and the likelihood that that number 13 school per se uh gets left out and somebody that could be below them ranked 22 23 24 mm-hmm. 25 that's going to make you pull your hair out every year yeah, yeah. number to be the
2: 12 team not the 13 team the
1: 12 yeah, the tw- team. number 12 yeah number 12 team yeah the number 12 yeah. team uh it's going to make you pull your hair mm-hmm. out i mean and then you start looking at you start looking at rankings and you start looking at teams and how they've performed man that could be you that could be texas tech that could be you know, somebody uh, comparable to you in the Big 12, uh, whether it's size of school or level of investment or all, all those things. And you're going to go, OK, we're going to be jumping off of buildings if, uh, you know, somebody like Liberty or, you know, somebody else like that gets in and we're not we're not able to, to, to make it.
3: I'm going to start investing in parachutes then if we're jumping off of buildings because that's going to happen.
0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3.
2: All right, gentlemen, my question for you guys today is going to go to Red Raider Baseball. And we're going to double it up and have it a two-part question. Okay. I want you to tell me what you're most excited about through four games for the Red Raiders. And I want you to tell me what you're the most concerned about through four games. Mm. Or you can go concerned, disappointed, however you want to do that.
1: Um. Okay. I, I I like the offense, what, what we've seen so far. I think it it looks it just looks to me uh like like you're spreading the hits around and it looks to me like you're you're converting uh you're converting, you know, hits and, and running scoring opportunities into into runs and uh it looks to me like this team is is knock on wood, healthy and uh and everything along those lines. I guess the The concern would be, can your, can your pitching hold up, you know, because you've had some guys that are coming back from injuries and, uh, it looks like you're off to a good start. You hope that Trendon Parish can get caught up with the rest of the guys. Um, but, and you hope that Jack Washburn can, can stay healthy and the other guys too. But that's, that would be my concern is can the guys who've come out and pitched so far, can they remain healthy uh, through the year?
3: All right, this is going to sound like a, a really crappy answer, but I, I think I've got a good defense for it. Um, the The one thing I haven't liked from the Red Raider baseball team so far this year is the 6-2 to loss to Tennessee. Like, just because it's a loss. I mean, it's the first week. Um, there, there's not any individual that could go out there week one and, and just absolutely lay an egg that I wouldn't be sitting here saying okay it's ba- this is gonna happen in baseball these guys have had you know what uh, a grand total of 30 at bats at most kind of thing so the even if somebody was five for 20 uh, five for 30 at this point not a great batting average they're not seeing the ball well let's say they've got 15 strikeouts that doesn't mean that's how their whole season's gonna go it's still super duper early. One, if a starting pitcher goes out there one time and gets lit up, I mean, we, we saw that, what was it, a couple of years ago, where your opening day starter get gets absolutely blasted and then throws almost zeros the rest of the season and completely lowers his ERA. So the the 6-2 the to two loss to Tennessee is the one thing I don't like. Um, I really have enjoyed the, uh, the overall defense that your team has played. Uh, and you're completely solid up the middle. Uh, the, 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 compo- the, the one play that I guess you could kind of look back to, uh, it was ruled an infield single, but if you were to ask the shortstop, you might say that should have been an error because you should have gotten it. Like it's that kind of, uh, of play that you're getting. I love what you're doing with your catcher defensively that it, it feels like it's a huge momentum swing from last year of getting those opportunities. So uh, again, it, it's a bad answer just the the six to two loss being your one loss of the year being the one thing I don't like, but that it's still super early for me to be upset about anything.
2: okay, uh I'm gonna go with uh, the the disappointing thing concerning thing for me is uh number of swing and misses you've struck out forty times through the first four games. That's ten per contest. I think you'd like to see that number significantly lower. Um, that includes seventeen in the first night against Tennessee against some elite pitching. But I think uh, ten per game is too much, and so I I think you'd like to see that number go down. He only struck out um, five times last night, so that was good. That got better um, uh, on on the. Positive th- side, the thing that I'm most excited about is just the sheer number of quality arms that you have, especially in your bullpen. Especially in your bullpen, which leads you to feeling like if you needed them as as starters, you could you could use them as starters too. But um, it just feels like there's a lot of guys that are that are quality arms that are going to be able to get you out. So, and I always feel like that's important because. We know injuries or you know rough stretches happen during a season, but you can always go to the hot hand. So I think the depth in the bullpen and the staff as a whole has been has been really positive so far.
1: Somebody off the uh, Yates Thoring Center chat line uh, was echoing your comments as you were saying them. Uh, excited about the pitching depth, concerned about too many strikeouts, and Gavin Cash's ability to hit good pitching. What do you think about the last statement?
2: yeah no i'll I'll agree with all of that and gavin has gotten going but he's in the last few games he looks a lot more dialed in um than he did early on but uh just much better at bats as a whole but yeah that's that's one of the issues i mean um it's some of your stars that have been had the biggest problems with the strikeouts like guys that you're relying heavily on like gavin cash like uh like a gage harrelson those are two of the guys that have had the highest strikeout totals so far
1: uh this from tyler i know it was just uta but the bullpen looked pretty legit last night do you do you echo that
2: man i i really like i mean i hate to jinx them. i knock on whatever but i really like how your bullpen looks so far i mean there's just a lot of quality arms and And the guys that we saw last night, again, okay, so you saw Trendon Parrish for one inning. We've seen Trendon. Okay, but Hudson Parker, that was his second career appearance, and he's now thrown a couple of scoreless innings. Hudson Loose, he was a guy that missed all of last season with an injury um, and a tall lefty that, I I mean, I really liked what he brought to the table. First time he pitched in over a year. Chandler Coe, freshman, one inning, zeros. Uh, Cole Cossie. One inning, zeros, another freshman making his first appearance. I mean, those are those guys that you think are just going to keep getting better. So, um, you know, and and this is this is day four. And you, you didn't really get to your your top tier bullpen arms at all last night. You were saving them for today. So, I mean, if if this is the, the back half of what you have looming down there in the pen, man, I, I think a lot of teams would take that as their front half.
1: So what you're saying is is that when they get off the bus, they look like a baseball team.
2: We're definitely bigger yeah. than years past. I mean, we got some big dudes.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean, we 6'9s and 6'7s, and um, there's some 240s, and I mean, there's some large guys.
3: <laughs> well, well, Jamie, they're not allowed to take our bullpen. It's ours. We've had to deal with other people
0: having one for a while,
3: so we're going to enjoy having one. They can't yes. have it. It's it ours. is. It yeah.
0: is. <laughs> The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
1: Hour three of three on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We come to you this morning. From our first United Bank studio and look forward to hearing from you on the eights Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t973.com for that, of the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806 771 0973. Choice Woodman is now on in relief of Jamie Lint, who gets ready for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball in a little bit as uh, the Red Raiders will take on the number seven team in the country, the Oregon State beavers and we'll have that for you at 11 30 on 100.7 the score and on double t 973 visual edge it hotline is open 806-771-0973 and of course the yates flooring center chat line remains open as well just go to the double t 973 mobile app a uh, choice was uh, with friendship girls uh, yesterday and uh came to a close choice and uh that's a Tough uh, South Lake Carroll team that uh, you saw last night, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it was tough. Uh, I don't think the they went to went by the scouts because they hit a lot more shots than they were supposed to hit, and it's a hot night there for them. Friendship didn't play that well; bad combination, and uh, that'll end the season. So, not fun. I, I think there's a curse at this point. I don't know that friendship any friendship team has beat a South Lake Carroll team in the playoffs since. Since friendships become six A, and I think, I think there's been two blowout losses in football. Volleyball's lost a couple times to them. Tennis has lost twice, at least twice. Uh, baseball's lost twice. This was the first girls' basketball loss, and there's probably more sports I haven't, I'm not covering. But Southlake Carroll has been the absolute uh, dragon to friendship.
1: Mm. Um, you don't think it's you, do you? I mean, how many times have you been? <laughs> I've only been on one season ender.
4: I've only been on one call. Oh, okay, on one call. So, Clint, Clint's season. the one that curses him, for sure.
1: Yeah, right. He's been the he's been the friendship tiger killer. So they they win more games than they ever have, right? Right. Uh, that's correct in in their school history. And would do you think Trent Hilliard would uh, deem the season a success?
4: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of success, and tons of records broken this year, and. Um, you just it's just the the nature of the beast uh in the playoffs especially at the 6A level there's so such a thin margin for error and friendship didn't play well you you have one bad game and and the season goes away that quick so uh yeah i think it's a success um obviously they would have liked to get into the regional tournament mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but come up short so
1: what uh, was it? Was it more about just the the, the shooting became contagious and, and their inability to hit the shot, or was it more about the defense itself, like Carroll did?
4: Um, I think the defense definitely deserves some credit, but open shots that Friendship hit throughout the year uh, just weren't going down. Some of the best shooters, yeah, some of the better shooters were unable to. To knock down shots, um, so it was, it was just one of those nights. And then Carroll wasn't supposed to be able to shoot the ball that well, and they shot it excellently. So sometimes basketball is that simple. Whoever you know, makes it, more it, shots,
1: whoever makes whoever makes more baskets is usually going to to win the game. We'll have Coach Hilliard on the high school fans zone. Chuck, uh, Chuck,
3: six. Chuck, I'm going to stop yep. you there. Uh, I need you to do me a favor and uh, reset your hotspot. Uh, you are sounding like Stay you're trying me. to be Optimus Prime, <laughs> and you are great, and we love you, but you are no Optimus Prime. Okay,
1: I will do that.
4: We'll get Chuck reset I for a moment, and then we'll we'll get him back. Uh, y'all can keep chiming in. Yates Flooring Center chat line, wide open to you. Easiest way is through the Double T 97.3 mobile app, brought to you by our friends at Happy State Bank. Uh, someone says, I'd like to start a petition where we can't storm the floor and our coach can't run up in the stands unless it's a top five win or Texas that's gross and cringy last night. Good thing we got the fun police on the, uh, on the chat line. Yeah, (laughs) I, okay. There wasn't a court storming first. It was, Hey, it was the normal process of coach goes into the stands for a little bit let the other team clear and then let them go do sing the matador song not a true court storming people come out to sing the matador song on the court because it's fun for college students and if you're gonna be the fun police man that's that's rough that was a tough big 12 game you won last night uh, as most of them are I yeah
3: to an extent a very small extent. I understand his point.
4: But calling it gross and cringy,
3: I Yeah, mean, that's a... Uh, and the other side a of this is... Gross it's, overstatement. Dude, every game, even in a loss. It, in an emotional game like that, where you do that huge comeback late in the game, and win a nail-biter, that counts for something. Yeah. A- and it doesn't... Against a rival. A, a, against a rival, against a... Big, we're, we're not rushing the floor for... Uh, uh, Little Miss Susie's basketball team that you have just beat by a hundred. This this was meaningful, and it was another home win that you get to enjoy. So enjoy them.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm not not going to disagree with any of that. Um, it was it was a fun win. You got to beat a team while you were shorthanded. You found a way to win a game in comeback fashion. So. Uh, Yeah, They've done this for three or four years now where uh, the tech coach, whoever it may be, goes, celebrates with the students for a moment and invites them onto the court. It's not a court storming, and anybody that calls it that doesn't know what a court storming is. It's people – court storming is an immediate uh, reaction to what happened. I mean, it's – and dallas says wait we stormed the court call me the fun police but that is yikes they didn't show it on tvs you can't storm the court There wasn't a court storming so i think we got chuck back
1: uh 808 this morning here on the morning drive how's that is that better that Much better. is a Much million better. times better thank you chuck a million times better. Okay. what do
4: you say to that chuck that the, the people that are the fun police today and
1: Look, I've had no problem with, with how they've handled that. I mean, they're, on one hand, they're, you know, they're trying to, uh, to keep it safe for uh-huh. uh, players and coaches and, and people on the floor and, and, and folks themselves. Uh, I, on one hand, I think it kind of tells you where your basketball program is. You don't storm the court after a, a big win over Kansas. Uh, I like the fact that they were calm, cool, and collected. I like the fact that the crowd was out of control during the game uh but kind of acted like they've been there before like this has happened here before it's not like it's the first time it's ever happened um i have no problem with coach mccaslin going into the into the crowd and 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 being there with the students i mean he's trying to engage the students as best they can i mean the students create this wonderful atmosphere uh at uh, at arenas all across the country and ours is no different and uh i think that's it it was hard at the start of the year Trying to get everybody connected, but winning cures all ills. And uh, I think what uh, what transpired last night and how it went down was was fine by me. It is uh, eight ten this morning on Lubbock Sports Station Double T ninety and Double T ninety
0: This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety podcasts at Double T ninety